putting together these uh, lunches. Uh, Saturday morning, as soon as we uh, were through putting things together and loading them out, there was a couple that showed up here at the at the church just 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 as we were going out the door, and uh, they were uh, they had slept over here behind the church uh, near the uh, pizza place over here next door the night before, and. Uh, and so we were able to give them lunches. They sat down and started eating them. I mean, they were hungry. And, uh, and then we were able to talk to them for a while about the Lord. There is so much confusion in people's minds. And that's one of the things that Satan is doing in the lives of people uh, that uh, are lost. Their minds are so twisted and so confused. And, and the things that... Um, that we know are important, they can't see that they are important. And, uh, and then the things that they think are so important, we know that it's just kind of incidental things, but it's just the lies of the enemy that's brought people into this kind of confusion and deception. So when we pray for the lost uh, that we're reaching out to, remember that their minds are confused and twisted by the God of this world trying uh, to make sure that they are lost for eternity. And uh, uh, the Lord can open their eyes. The Lord can speak to them. The Lord can break through the, all of that darkness and that cloud of, of confusion. The Lord can break through all of that. Amen. And uh, so we're just going to believe the Lord, continue to believe the Lord uh, to do that. And if you want to help out and be a part uh, of that, then come next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Let's read in the book of Daniel tonight. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to read down um, through verse 13. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came uh, flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till all three weeks were fulfilled." And in the fourth and the twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hiddekel, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked and behold a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins was girded with fine gold of Euphaz. His body also was like burl and his face as the appearance of lightning and his eyes as, as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone, and saw this great vision. 
and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words. When I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. And I'll read one more verse. Now I come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. I think we all are, are familiar with the life of Daniel uh, and uh, that Daniel was stolen away into captivity when he was just a teenager. He was young when he was taken to Babylon. He was taken out. There were three different times that Babylon came in and took groups of people out. He was with the first group that was taken to Babylon. And then there were two other times that there were groups that were taken out and the city of Jerusalem was destroyed and, um, and Daniel was taken uh, to Babylon and found himself in um, the king's palace. And then all of his life, he couldn't have imagined this as a young boy. He couldn't have imagined that God was positioning him. God was placing him where he needed to be at the particular time that he needed to be there. He couldn't have ever imagined that. Now, most believe that uh, Daniel was probably influenced by men like Jeremiah and other great uh, men of God, and maybe even his family. We don't know. We just know that Daniel, from a very young age, got a hold of some real solid conviction. He really did. So that when he got, when his convictions were put on trial, the first time in Babylon, he stood the test. And his convictions held, even in the midst of tremendous amounts of pressure. And I think I'll just start tonight by saying, young people here tonight, young people, hear what I've got to say. You need to get some convictions from God, biblical convictions, while you're young. While you're young, you need to get a hold of something from God while you're young. Now, it's wonderful the response, and I've seen the young folks praying around the altars, and I know that they have at camps throughout the summer months, and, uh, and just recently in the retreat, uh, they have prayed, and some have uh, really, really made some commitments uh, to the Lord. I'm not saying that's not valuable. It is. It's important. It's valuable. It's a good thing. It really is. But even beyond that, 
is the need for you to get a hold of some real solid biblical convictions. Uh, to get a hold of something that's, that's going to cause you to be unmoved, not swayed. We are living in a world uh, that um, is much like the world that Daniel was taken into. It's a world that's pretty pagan. It's a world that's pretty anti-God. It's a world that doesn't know much about God. And so it's a world that uh, is challenging to live a faithful life for the Lord Jesus Christ. So you got to get a hold of some convictions while you're young. Amen. And Daniel had those convictions. You know, convictions require courage. It takes courage to have convictions. Anybody can go along with the flow of the culture. Anybody can go along with what everybody else is doing. Anybody can just flow along with all the ideas and the thinking of the world. It's easy to, to just go with the flow. It's tough to have a conviction and to stand strong in the face of, of all that's going on around us in our world. But it's not going to get easier. It's not going to become um, uh, less challenging as the years go by. Uh, and as so we get closer to the end of this age, it's going to get more and more difficult uh, to stand in the face of all the things that are going on. So I want to encourage you, while you're young, get some biblical convictions. I really do believe that that has been the thing that for me personally has carried me through uh, the years uh, because I had some people who influenced my life. I had some godly pastors. I had some godly people. I had a godly mother. I had all these good influences in my life. But yet I had to get a hold of this for myself. I heard good teaching. I was pointed in the right direction. I had a lot of things that were instilled in my heart, but I had to believe it for myself. I had to get a hold of some real God-given biblical convictions. Amen. And convictions take a lot of courage in these days that we're living in right now. But I want to just encourage you that if you'll get convictions, they won't stop you. They won't hinder you. Instead, they will open doors for you. Your convictions will give to you greater opportunities for the kingdom of God. Amen. I remember as a young person battling over things, trying to decide what was, what was the future, what direction to take, how, how that God wanted me to live out uh, my life. And, and I remember thinking, now if I follow that particular direction... The way of my mother and the way of other influencers in my church. If I take that pathway, then my life is going to be boring. And it's going to be the end of all good times. And uh, uh, it, it's, 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 it's going to be a dead end. That's what the enemy was convincing me. He was trying to convince me of that. But I remember at the time in the season, I was about probably around 18 years old that I began to realize, you know, the life that I want to live, I want to live sold out to God, whatever he wants to do with me. So if that means throwing out 
all of my preconceived ideas and throwing out all the things that I think are really important and just surrendering to whatever that God says and whatever his plan is and whatever the word of God says, even if it's counter to everything else that's going on around me. And it will be, believe you me, if you follow the pattern of God's word, it is going to be completely opposite of the direction that the world is taking. That's why as a young person, you need to get a hold of this. You need to get some solid convictions deep down in your soul and get a hold of something that's going to cause you to be unwavering and unmoved whenever the testing times come, like those testing times did come to young Daniel. Convictions will not close doors. Convictions will open doors. Amen. The right doors. Amen. Too often we think, if I, if I sell out to God, then, then uh, all the other things that I want to do with my life, it's all over with. But it's okay. It's not your life anyway. You, it's, it's His life. And you need to give it to Him and surrender your life uh, to the Lord. Amen. Convictions will position you to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Amen. When you get a hold of God-given biblical convictions, it positions you so that you can fulfill the plan of God for your life. Otherwise, it's going to be your plan. It's going to be your ideas. It's going to be what you think is important. But God wants you to have godly biblical convictions. Amen. Godly convictions will help you to glorify God in a foreign land. Amen. Amen. Just as Daniel was put into a position as just a young teenager, and uh, the Bible says that he refused to defile himself with the king's meat or the king's wine and all the, the, the pleasures of the kingdom that were offered to him, he instead determined, I'm going to please God. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to follow the plan of God. And he glorified God in a pagan land. And that's what we're called to do as the church in these last days, to live our lives so that we'll, we'll glorify God in the midst of all of the mess of this generation that we're living in right now. Amen. Praise God. And when you do have these God-given convictions, expect them to be put to the test. But the testing will not destroy you. It will not end you. But instead, it will strengthen you. It will solidify your convictions as you see the hand of God at work in your life, just as it happened in Daniel's circumstance. That Daniel and those Hebrew children, when they determined to do it God's way and follow God's pattern, then God elevated them. God honored them. And what's interesting is that all throughout Daniel's life, Daniel never went back to Jerusalem. He never left Babylon and that region. That was his life from that day forward. Now it seems kind of sad, doesn't it? That he never did get to go back to his homeland. But remember, he understood that God had positioned him there. God had put him there for a divine purpose. He became an advisor uh, to at least three different kings. He became an advisor uh, to Nebuchadnezzar. 
He became an advisor to Belteshazzar. He became an advisor then when the Persian Empire stepped in and, uh, uh, and, and took over Babylon. Cyrus became, he, he was the, the, the Persian king, and he becomes an advisor, a spiritual counselor, uh, revealing and interpreting dreams to all of these men. God positioned him and placed him. It was in him that he had this, he had an excellent spirit whereby he was chosen and was used of the Lord in a pagan world. Amen. Now the text that we read from Daniel chapter 10 is kind of mysterious because it describes the events that take place after that Cyrus, after 70 years, he said he made a decree that all of the Jews could go home. They were free to go back to Babylon. When they, when they all were taken into captivity, there was a number of somewhere close to 5,000 of them altogether. At the end of the 70-year period, let me tell you, these Jews, they multiplied. History says that there was probably close to a million of them now down in Babylon in 70 years. And, uh, but here's the thing. When you read in this text where it says that in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Something happened that caused him to be in such grief and mourning for three weeks, fasting, not eating, not anointing his head, not even bathing, nothing. He just simply laid before the Lord for three solid weeks. Why did he mourn? Well, he was mourning because out of all of those people that were set free by Cyrus, close to a million of them that had the, 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 the new right and privilege to go back to their homeland, it's probably less than 100,000, somewhere between 50 and 100,000 of them actually went back. The rest of them decided to stay in Babylon. That is why he's mourning. He's mourning over his nation and the predicament that they are in. For some reason, they had got so satisfied and so connected and so adjusted to live in a pagan land, in a foreign land, that when they had the freedom to go back home, they didn't do it. They didn't go back home. And so he is mourning. He fasted for 21 days and prayed unto the Lord and crying and out uh, to, to the Lord. And then the Lord revealed himself uh, to him. And again, not only was Daniel there positioned for the pagans, but he was there for the nation of Israel that was down there. And God had put him there to be a wonderful example to all of those that were in that uh, circumstance. Can I just remind you tonight that God hears your prayer and that your prayers many times seem like warfare. They seem like you're in a battle. And you are. You're in a battle for the souls of people that you care about. We're in a battle for that which is right and righteous, a righteous cause. You, you can't expect that you can just kind of float along and everything is going to be what it needs to be. No, if, if there's going to be righteousness, you're going to have to fight for righteousness. If there's going to be godliness, you're going to have to fight for it. 
if there's going to be a, a righteous remnant, if they're going to be the people of God, if, if his name is going to be glorified in a foreign land, you're going to have to be willing to fight for it. I'll, I'll just insert this. It's believed that Daniel was probably 90 years old now. That really gives us a, a vivid picture of a very worn out, frail old man now who's gone into this three day, a three week rather, fast, crying out to the Lord. When is this war gonna be over? When is this spiritual struggle gonna be over? Well, when your life is over. You're gonna fight till the, your last breath. Till the end of your life, you're gonna be in a struggle and a fight and a spiritual battle. And I'm not saying this to discourage you. I just, I just wanna remind you, that you never ever get to, you don't age out when it comes to spiritual battles. You don't. You're just going to have a whole new set of new problems and new challenges. And, and when you're young, there's all kinds of things that you deal with. You may not deal with them when you get older, but you have a whole new set of problems and new challenges. And so you're going to, this war that we're in, this spiritual warfare that we're in, it's going to continue until we take our last breath. Amen. Amen. My mother died three months ago. And uh, the thing that's been in my mind a lot over the last three months is that she has prayed her last prayer. And I know that my mom, she fasted and she prayed. She prayed for her family. She prayed for, for her, her, her sons and our families and her children and grandchildren, she sought the Lord for them every, every day, every day. The, one of the things that I miss the most is that I would regularly text her and say, oh, mom, this is going on. Would you help me pray about this? And she would respond and say, yes, I will. And sometimes she would share with me uh, a prayer request. So we were long distance prayer partners. And I miss that. I really do. I miss the fact, but she's fought her last battle. She's prayed her last prayer. She's won the war. Amen. She's in the presence of the Lord. Daniel is 90 years old and he's mourning over a nation that probably 90% of them said, we could go back, but we're not going to. We're not going to. If there's anything that's frustrating is that when you try to point people in the direction of what they need to do or the, what they should do and they refuse it. You talk about frustrating. Uh, when you try to talk to people, most of the people that are homeless around here, that, uh, the ones that I have talked to, that I've encouraged them to go to the homeless shelter and uh, I've told them, listen, it's a good place. It's clean. It's godly. And God has provided for it uh, uh, for people in our community. But most of them aren't interested in it. The very thing that they need, they don't want or they don't think they want it. Uh, because they think they're living some other, uh, a life of some other, you know, the way that they want to, to live. What a sad thing that, pe that people are convinced of uh, uh, that going their own way is the right way. And that's what 90% of Israel was doing. They were saying, well, we could go back home. We could go back to Jerusalem. When they left they were so grieved over the fact that they had to leave Jerusalem that they said, we can't, we can't sing the songs that we used to sing in Zion. And so they hung their harps on the willow trees and said, we're not going to sing those songs in a strange land. 
They were so grieved over the situation. But 70 years in a pagan land has changed a lot of minds. And a lot of convictions and a lot of commitments have been changed. And a lot of people have decided, that's ah, not that bad down here. It's okay. So it's okay down here in this, this pagan land. Here's the wonderful thing. After three weeks of fasting and prayer, he's a 90-year-old grieving prophet of God. But the Lord reveals himself to him. This is a, uh, a revelation. This, this vision that he has is an appearance literally of Jesus himself. This is an appearance of the Son of God. This is a theophany, as theologians call it, uh, that Jesus actually steps on the scene in the Old Testament and reveals himself. This isn't the, the only time that he revealed himself to, to Daniel in a theophany and revealed himself. And that describes uh, him. His, his body was like birth. It's really just very similar to the vision that John in Revelation chapter 1 had of, of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, the glory of that encounter. He sought the Lord, he prayed, and the Lord revealed himself to him. Amen. So it's an encouragement tonight to us to never give up and to never stop seeking God. And even though you may be older, and the Bible talks about here that, the, that his strength was gone, he was weak, he had no strength. Let me tell you, you just try fasting three weeks. I've never fasted three weeks. I fasted a week and I thought I was going to die. I thought it was the end of my life, honestly. Uh, it, was, it was just horrible and hard uh, to do that. My mother went on several extended fasts, three weeks, one 40-day fast uh, that I know of. And I don't know how she did it. Just the grace of God helped her uh, to do that. But let me tell you, if you're 90 years old and you're trying to fast for three weeks, you're going to be weak. You're going to be really weak. And that's what it says in verse 8. I was left alone and saw this great vision. And there remained no strength in me. I mean, he was gone. He had no strength left. For my comeliness was turned in me under corruption. I mean, he must have looked awful in his predicament of three weeks of fasting. In me, turned into me under corruption, and I retained no strength. But he heard the voice of the Lord, it says. He heard the voice of the Lord speaking to him. I heard his words. I heard his voice. And I was in a deep sleep. And my face was toward the ground. And a hand touched me. And set me upon my knees. And then the Lord spoke to him in verse 11. It says, stand up. Get up. Stand upright. I don't know. It probably took every bit of strength that he had to be able to get up on his feet. But Jesus was revealing himself uh, to him. And not only himself to him, but he's getting ready to reveal the plan of the ages. And reveal uh, <clears throat> God's plan not only for him, but for Israel and the future. He was going to see the plan of God for Israel. It all was going to be revealed uh, to, to Daniel. But notice what it says in verse, verse 12. Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself, from the first day you started this fast and uh, this time of, of fasting and prayer, thy words were heard, and I am come 
for thy words. Amen. Praise God. Not a prayer that is prayed that he doesn't hear. Not a prayer that he prays, that you pray, that he does not hear. That doesn't mean you, you receive the answer uh, at the time that you pray the prayer. It may be days. It may be weeks. It may be years. It may be even at the close of your life. Or it may be even after your life is over that the prayer is prayed. Our prayers are bottled up and stored up. And so it's, it's for certain that our prayers are not a waste of time. Your words were heard, and I've come for thy words. Then he describes the mysterious spiritual battle that took place in verse 13. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days the entire time. Satan was fighting. Satan was fighting. He was using this demonic force to fight against his prayers. And one of the chief princes came to help me, Michael. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. So you're talking about a, a battle, a spiritual battle that was going on. And uh, whenever we call upon the Lord, whenever we seek the Lord in prayer, you can be sure that there is a, an intensity that'll take place sometimes. You'll get into the battle of your life if you're really, really praying for the lost. Amen. And crying out to God to move. But your prayers will get God's attention from the very first time that you pray them. Just know that he has heard them. The answer may not come when you expect it, but God will move for you. God will answer your prayer. Don't let up. Don't stop. Don't get discouraged. Uh, just keep on seeking the Lord. Daniel, as I said, was probably 90 years old, fasting and praying for the nation of Israel. And at the close of that 21-day fast, he has this glorious revelation of Jesus. And Jesus comes and speaks to him, telling, don't be afraid. I've come and I've heard your words. I've heard your speech. I've, I have heard you the first words you spoke. I heard it and, and I've come. And uh, there's, there's been a battle in the heavens. Uh, but I'm come. I'm going to give you understanding and reveal my plan and reveal uh, my divine purpose in your behalf. Praise God. Amen. I hope I'm not rambling around here tonight. But... Daniel chapter 10 was what was on my mind here tonight. And uh, uh, just, just a few points here that I'm trying to make. First thing, convictions are important. Convictions are important. They'll position you, place you where God wants you to be. And then seeking God in prayer. Oh, it's powerful. And don't be afraid. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Just remain true uh, to the Lord. If you'll seek the Lord, he'll reveal himself to you. He'll, he'll show himself strong in your behalf. If you'll cry out to the Lord. The Lord will help you. And he'll reveal your purpose. Yeah, there, there are spiritual battles that we find ourselves in all the time. But there's some victories ahead too. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You may be in a spiritual battle, but a victory is still ahead. If you're holding on to the Lord, 
The Lord can move for you. He can move for your loved ones, your family, for your lost friends. He can move and he will move. Don't let up. Don't lose heart. Remain faithful in your prayers. Amen. Just as he did for Daniel. Amen. I guess another important principle out of this is that you never get too old to be used of God. Amen. Amen. All the days of his life. Now he's down to the latter years of his life. And yet God has placed him and positioned him where he wants him to be. Influencing a nation for God. So wherever you are and wherever he places you and uses you. Let the Lord, let the Lord have his way with your life and your future. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for this wonderful example from the life of, of Daniel. Lord, I just pray, Lord, for those in this service here tonight, Lord, that uh, they just, they need to get a hold of real Bible convictions. They need to get a hold of it for themselves. It's not enough for mom and dad to believe it and to have it. It's not enough for just the, the preacher to have it or a few others. But Lord, I just pray for young people, the younger in this church here tonight, Lord, that God, that you would just, you would just burn the truths of your word into their heart and their spirit because we're living in such a pagan, uh, a worldly environment, Lord. We need your word settled in our hearts. So, Lord, I just pray for the younger generation that's in this service tonight, Lord, that they'll get a hold of some real Bible convictions so that they can be placed and positioned where you want them to be, to use them. That they'll set aside their own plans, their own ideas about their life and their future, give themselves to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can we stand everybody here tonight?